0: Hey friends, welcome to Enough for Today for Monday, February the 21st. I'm really glad that you have joined me. I hope you had a great weekend and we're off into another week and ready to dive into the Psalms. And today is Psalm 36 and we're picking it up in the middle of verse 8. We left off uh, with um, somebody that puts their trust in the shadow of God's wings is going to be abundantly satisfied with the fatness, the provision, the abundance, the um, lavish, opulent um, plenty of his presence. I mean, okay, let me paraphrase. If I said, you pick the wealthiest person you can imagine, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, so if you if you were to be adopted into the wealth and opulence of that person, that that prosperity, and they were abundantly generous, gracious, lavish with and you know, free giving with their with their wealth and their material security. And we would say, okay, if you got adopted by that person, if you could put your trust in their estate then you would be abundantly provided for like you would have everything you could ever want and more and you could never exhaust it and you would be you would be satisfied from the fatness or from the provision of their house okay so that's the idea here is you can be adopted you can know the provision of the creator of the universe as his child and you can be brought into his mercy, his hesed, his lavish, generous grace and unending and infinite mercy uh, that's just poured out and poured out and poured out upon you. And when you put your trust in that, that provision, when you are under the shadow of his wings, you're abundantly satisfied with the provision of his house. And then look at this. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. You see, God is the inventor of pleasure, okay? And sin and rebellion and defiance to God has convinced us that we can have more pleasure outside of God, which is impossible, okay? Because he's the author of pleasure. So he is a God who... Delights in pleasure. He created pleasure. He created us to experience pleasure as a gift. Satan perverts that and turns sin into a temporary pleasure that's ultimately destructive. That's verses one through four the destruction, the self destruction of sin. But God comes back to wait, I am the author, I'm the source of true pleasure, real pleasure lasting, eternal, infinite pleasure. And if you really want to know what pleasure is, then put your trust in me. Go with me. Let me abundantly satisfy you because with me, you're going to drink of a river of pleasure, a river of delight. He continues with this water uh, metaphor when he starts verse 9, for, so out of verse 8, for with thee, with you, God, is a fountain of life, not a, the, the only, the exclusive fountain of life. Now there's a colon and I want to pause here because there's this kind of this connected thought between God's going to make those who trust in him drink of the rivers of, of his pleasure and with him is the fountain of life. True life, infinite life, eternal life, unending life, abundant life, joyful life, full life, flourishing life. Should I go on? But here's what I want you to see, okay? Are you seeing Jesus yet in this psalm? You know, remember in Luke 24, when Jesus taught the psalms, he showed them all the things concerning himself, okay? That's not to say that there's this mystical you know, Jesus hiding behind every word, okay? It's to say the themes and the pictures and the promises and the covenants and the offices and the references of redemption in the Old Testament that are strung through the Old Testament narrative Find They're all like arrows and clues that are pointing to the greater fulfillment that God had in store, okay? And in the Old Testament, Jesus is pictured, like in the office of prophet or priest or king, he's pictured. He's promised many times, directly promised that a new king, a coming king, would rule a perfect forever kingdom. He is represented in a storied fashion, like redemptive stories that will culminate in the redemptive story of God through Jesus redeeming me and you and all of creation but Jesus himself often when he talked of himself was reaching back to an Old Testament picture and bringing it forward and saying this is me Okay. now if you remember in the book of John and we'll be studying this in some months The book of John, he stood at Jacob's well waiting for a woman to show up who had a life of divorce, a life of rejection, a life of failure, was presently living with a man in immorality. She shows up at that well. He asks her for water. They begin to talk. And he says, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Because everyone that asks me and everyone that believes in me, I put in him a wellspring of water springing up and, and flowing forever and ever, and you can have water that you'll never thirst again. Do you see the connection? Any Israelite, any Hebrew, anybody familiar with Psalm 36 in the first century, and likely that woman would have been, would immediately think, wait, rivers of pleasure, fountain of life, living water, he's claiming to be God. And Jesus was saying, I'm the fulfillment of all of these kinds of promises in the Old Testament. I'm here. And I'm ready to give you living water. Oh, my friend, this is big. This is really big. This isn't just uh, a, a you know a beautiful picture or concept. This isn't just artistic or poetic, you know, license. This is God, uh, literally, promising in ancient times and then through Jesus. Jesus, this is a picture of Jesus. It is. Jesus comes on the scene and says that's me I'm living water you put your core trust in me you're going to be abundantly satisfied you're going to drink of pleasure your whole life you're going to have a fountain of life that will flow and flow and flow well happy Monday what a great way to start the week and that's enough for today we'll see you tomorrow